Turn your porch lights off because we're coming home with the trophy. Last play. Bremner goes down the short side, turns it away to Karina Brown. She puts it on the foot. That's taken the hand of Fiso. Brown hustling up. She's dived on the ball. You're listening to Ladies Who Lead. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Ladies Who Leg. I'm your host, Mary Kay, and just wanted to issue a warning before we start today's show. If you are a New South Wales Blues fan or a Newcastle Knights fan, some of the content we might be talking about today may be a little bit distressing, but we'd really love for you to stick it through so that we can talk about all the results from this weekend and preview some of the games coming up. I've got a great panel this morning. A big good morning to Sally Ann Hurley, a writer who has joined us all the way from the foot of the mountains and is in here wearing her Newcastle Knights jersey. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me, Mary. I'm really excited to be here and, and a little a little devastated still from Wednesday night, but I think we'll be okay. Can I tell you a secret? Yes. So I wrote a story for The Raw earlier this week about how I didn't think the Blues had a chance on <gasps> Wednesday night. I, I know that one. I know, I know. It's not like me because usually I always believe that my teams have a chance, but I wrote that story and I believed it because of reasons that we'll get into later. Right. And I had about 50 comments on that story and so many of them were like, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you're a hack. You don't know anything about rugby league. So part of me... You've got to win. Part of me felt a little bit vindicated (laughs) that I was absolutely right. But yes, a very sad evening on Wednesday nights. We'll get into it soon. We'll get into it. And our other guest is Aloni Vunakethe from the Sydney Roosters. Good morning. Congrats. You said that really well. (laughs) Thanks for having me. No worries. Thanks for coming in. Um, We'll get into State of Origin now because obviously that's the big, big talking point of the week. We'll get all the really sad stuff out of the way, first of all. So the Queensland Maroons have now won their 11th State of Origin series in 12 years with a 22-6 to point win over the Blues. The Blues have lost the last three series straight and that's the second longest losing streak in Origin history. But because it pales next to the eight straight losses, we can sort of pass that off as not too bad. Sally Ann, where did it go wrong for the Blues? Did it go wrong in this game or did it go wrong in the game before? I think, I, I don't think we recovered from the second half of the second game. I, I think it kind of seemed like a flow on of that, that last like 25 to 30 minutes. And I mean, I, I, obviously losing eight in a row was horrible, but I think this year, because we were like, we were so confident that we were going to get it. And the state was confident that we were going to get it. And, you know, we were favourites the first round. You know, I think all signs were pointing to this is our year. And the fact that we had the same 17 players throughout, we didn't do the the chop and change that we've kind of been known for the last decade. And that Queensland were doing a bit of the chop and change. We thought, oh, surely we've got this. And we just, we looked really flat from the get-go on Wednesday. Aloni, did you think we had it? Like, I thought we had it after the first half of game two. I thought, I thought it was game. ours. Like, I thought the trophy would finally be ours again. Yeah, I had high hopes. Uh, that, that first game was amazing. I mean, I, I missed the first half, but by all accounts, it was uh, one of the best performances, I guess, by both teams. But in, with the end result being the win by New South Wales, they carried it on to the first half of game two and um, it just... I guess they, they, to me, look like they stopped attacking in, in the second half. Got a bit, I wouldn't say, well, I guess, dance around complacency. Um, just didn't show up. And, and Queensland's, that was the tipping point, I guess, for the whole series. And, and Queensland carried on their second half performance into game three. And Queensland as well were only 12 nil up at half time in game three. But I thought they should have been up by so much more. Like Valentine Holmes had those two tries which were outstanding. But mm-hmm. Cooper Cronk and Cameron Smith both bottled an opportunity. So I really didn't see us in the game at all. Queensland looked up for it and we just didn't. Yeah, yeah. It was just, it's just dominant. It's just Queensland of the last 10 years really just, just dominant in patches where they have to be and and take out the series. Yeah, there was a glimmer of hope with Dugan's try. Like I think at that point I thought, yeah, if we can if we can get another one in kind of quick succession, we might be able to crawl our way back. I think there was a penalty. I don't know if it was Wade Graham. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> 
or maybe James Maloney, but um, <laughs> yeah, that, there was a penalty and, and it kind of just, it just set us back, you know, another 10 steps. And from that, I, I think they scored their third try and, and it was pretty much all over from that point. This is probably a tricky topic. I'm interested to hear both your thoughts on the captaincy because Boyd Cordner is a player that I really respect. But in an article that I read this week, someone said, look, there are several players on that New South Wales team that have far more experience and have played many more origin games than him. So like you've got your Aaron Woods, you've got your, you know, you've got James Maloney, you've got Jared Hayne, and none of them seem to be up to the task of captain or wanting to take it. Is that one of the Blues' problems? Like, do we not have leaders in that team? I I think so. I, I know Gus Gould has touched on this a lot this week. You know, the fact that Queensland have had such a strong core group of leaders for the past decade or 12 years. I, I think Boyd Cordner is a really great choice for captain. I think he leads by his actions, which most times I think that's a little more important than someone who's a big talker. I don't necessarily think someone like a Jared Hayne who... Please, I mean, no, not, not him for captain. Put the Fiji in his captain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's only just come back into to NRL and into the Origin Arena. And personally, I I don't think I, I don't think he'll be there next year after his series this year. I mean, I'm a, a big fan of his skill and his talent, but I think when push came to shove, he he was not really anywhere to be seen the last two games. And I think as a captain, if he was given that captain's role. You can't have a player that's that kind of goes a bit missing as your captain. I think Boyd Cordner, while he didn't have probably the best game on Wednesday, he tried his guts out. And was <laughs> injured too. Yeah. Like the very fact that he took the field. And you could see how much he wanted to be yeah. there as well. Maloney, you obviously know Boyd. Does he take a leadership role at the Roosters? Yeah, for sure. He, he doesn't. He's not not the, the biggest talker, I guess, uh, in terms of really rallying the troops in what he says. But what he does is, is a... I mean, you, you saw what he did. He he probably shouldn't have, not have even played that game at all. His calf was mm-hmm. probably torn too like too far beyond to be able to play, but he did. Um, and and did his, I thought he did his state proud. He yeah. uh, he carried the flag for the boys in like stats last night. I was reading. He he was, he was the highest highest meter maker. Um, work ethic is 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 just him, and, and you can always rely on Boyd to to make that make that tackle. Even at what, probably what seventy five percent he was for the game, he was still trying his guts out. Um, I would say one of the best on field for the Blues, yeah. despite yeah, yeah. that injury. So, so captaincy, I think, suits him just because he, he's a, a genuine leader and leads by example and and will we'll throw his body on the line for – well, he did it for the state last week and they didn't get the result, but he um, mm. he's always leading, leading, leading with the front football. Yeah. Let's get happy. Will it make you guys happy to talk about how good Queensland were? Because – It actually makes me a little bit happy. Like it started with the Jonathan Thurston tributes. Yeah. I got emotional watching those tributes. Like what a player. Like he has just been so outstanding for Queensland, a great role model. And to see the way the team rallied around him and Cameron Mm -hmm. Smith inviting him on stage at the end of the game to hoist the shields over their heads. I sort of enjoyed that moment despite being shattered. Look, as a footy fan, yeah, it's, and it's, it's, they're all class. I think that's the thing about Queensland. You look at Cameron Smith and Cooper Cronk and Billy Slater, you know, they, I know Cameron Smith comes under a, a bit of criticism for the way he referees the games (laughs) and there are a lot of you know New South Wales fans that you know like myself can get a bit frustrated at at that but really our frustration I think comes from the fact that he's just so good and he's such a great (laughs) ambassador for the game. That's what it is it's that they're so good I'm jealous. Yeah. It's it's all slow motion for him he's just he's just a class above and just yeah, yeah, it's too good. <laughs> it's funny. People have spoken well. I think people were speaking after the end of game one about the era being over, like the dynasty mm. being over. I think we can talk about that in that perhaps one dynasty is over. Perhaps the dynasty of, you know, Jonathan Thurston, Billy Slater, Cooper Cronk, Cameron Smith is over. Yeah. But the thing about Queensland is that they've just got this new dynasty that's about to start. What yeah. about Cameron Munster? Oh. <laughs> He had an he carved us. Game. He absolutely carved us. And I was, I was at the, st- you know, when they picked the the teams for game three. I was really hoping Daly Cherry Evans got a run because I, I do think he's been one of the form halves of the game. But you know, seeing the way that Munster played, and I know Hunt didn't get many minutes on on Wednesday night, but it didn't matter. Like they they just had so much control, and I think it shows the club combinations that Melbourne Storm 
contingent. They're just, yeah, it, it won the game essentially for them, I think. Well, with Cam Munster, he ended up in a team that had like Cameron Smith, Cooper Cronk, Billy Slater, Will Chambers. It was like playing for the Storm again. Yeah. It was like playing at home. Yeah. Testament to their system really. They, uh, they just churn out, well, so- sometimes players go down there as average players and they just t- turn out to be... The rest in the world. <laughs> so <laughs> many constantly over and over again that average Parramatta players have gone <laughs> down there and suddenly everyone's talking about them. Like Ryan Morgan. Like yep. he was a player that I really liked at the Eels. No one else knew who he was. Suddenly went down to the Storm and was there next, you know, high flyer. Chase Blair's <laughs> another one. Yeah. I don't know whether he gets noticed because he wears the long sleeves, mm. but look, another Parramatta player. Nate Miles, I think, will be a really interesting yeah. one oh, to see what you. Craig Bellamy can get out of him. I love seeing the mix of okay, that player had potential and then let's see what Melbourne can, can create yeah. out of him. So Dale Finucane's a, a great example. Mm. Of dogs, he was killing at the dogs, but then he went to a whole other level again down down at Melbourne. So, yeah, it's a good sport. Full credit to the <laughs> Something storm. in the water. <laughs> Craig Bellamy. Yeah. <laughs> if we could make changes for next year for the Blues, what do you guys think needs to change? I'll start with you, sally um, And I'm asking the questions. Yeah. I don't have to answer them. Yeah, no, that's fine. I, I was actually thinking about this a bit last night watching the Penrith Warriors game and even this morning on the drive-in. Um, you know, I, I think Mitchell Pierce's time at Origin is, is probably over. I think this was kind of viewed as his redemption series and unfortunately I was really hoping that he was going to have an incredible series and I think I don't think we'll see him again next year there. I, I I think maybe Matt Moylan should probably come back in the side. And if that is the case, maybe Nathan Cleary gets a run. I know he's young, but that club combination thing, like we keep talking about it with Queensland, it's so crucial. And I know Maloney and Pierce have played with each other at the at the Roosters, but I just think having that that ability to know your you know half partner's game inside out is is just so crucial and I could see that maybe happening but at the same time Cleary is quite young so there's that other argument of do you want to blood him too early and then you know he could end up like Jared Mullen where he never plays origin again or could be like Mitchell Pierce where he was 19 when he first played for the Blues and whether it was a hindrance or a, um, who knows, but I, I think he was probably a bit too young to be playing. So I think you've got to look at the halves, f- not necessarily first and foremost, but I think that's it. That's a key area that we've got to we've got to change. Do we, do we go with the uh, the Queensland approach, but and just just stick with it? This mm. year, like uh, for game one, yeah, they play like that for for game yeah. two. They they take that series out, and then they could probably replicate again game three. Yeah. Um, Pierce, in his defence, I, I thought he played great throughout throughout the series. Like, if your forwards aren't going forward mm. for you, you can't you can't really do anything as a half. He, and he tried his guts out as well. Yeah. Everything he does, like week in week out for the Roosters, I know he's had his had his sort of troubles in the past, but he's a different person after what happened last year. And I think he's, he's got to keep sort of getting, being given shots to show like, showcase what he can do because mm. I, I, effort wise, you can't sort of. He, he, his effort showed in metres, ran across the field, speed covered over time, mm. um, was was above everyone else. So, The Mitchell Pierce question is, I think, a really, really tricky one because yeah. people have asked me, well, who would you replace him with? Exactly right. And I think that's part of the problem. Mm. Like you look at who New yeah. South Wales have available to them and it's like, well, I actually don't know who we would replace him with. Effort-wise, yeah. you couldn't, you couldn't you, find someone who no. puts in more effort. No, no, it's true. And with the Nathan Cleary, Matt Moylan thing, mm. this was interesting because I heard people talking about it this week and mm-hmm. Matty Moylan's only been in the halves for a couple of weeks. So yeah. perhaps by this time next year he might be ready. Mm. But Gus also made comments about him not wanting to um, to put those two yeah. in, the, in what was like a toxic blues environment, which yeah. I thought was – that's quite damning, right? Yeah. Like you don't want to hear that, so – no, I don't. I don't think any New South Wales half compa- compares to to Pierce at the moment. He's. Mm. I, th- I think he's the benchmark. And who who could you honestly say is better than him? I don't. That's mm, the thing. I don't know. Look, I was yelling about Clint Gutherson playing Origin, <laughs> but look, we all know that there may Utility. be just a little bit of bias in there somewhere, <laughs> just a little bit. But um, yeah, like I, I don't know. But I mm. think. For Laurie Daly, I think it's time for a bit of a change there. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I don't know who I'd pick. Can Craig Bellamy coach that yeah. emotion? <laughs> he, did, he did before, didn't he? 
few. Yeah, yeah it was a he while did. ago. It was a while ago. Yeah, I guess it's that thing of do you want to put in another kind of, uh, you know, there's been talk of Andrew Johns and, and even, say, Brad Fittler. Could you imagine oh. the team camps? <laughs> do, you, do you really have to coach that side? Well, that's, yeah, I think, the thing about Origin and what players actually need at that level mm. because they are meant to be the best of the best. Arguably, they don't need to be coached. They so just need just to be motivated. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There was uh, a friend of mine actually suggested Jeff Tuvey, which I thought was interesting. I mean, I, I think he's coaching in the Super League at the moment. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, in terms of passion and aggression... I think he could be a good motivator. Get Tommy Rodonica. That's what someone threw out the other day. Could you imagine? (laughs) Get the cattle dog happening again. Yeah, (laughs) look, maybe that's what we need, a little bit more cattle dog. Yeah. There was one thing that made me laugh, and maybe I'll end the segment on this note. My friend Tim Gore is a writer for The Raw, and Mm. in one of his articles that – so the thing with Tim is that he writes – like game summaries after the games are over. So he, the minute the game's over, he right. starts writing and he doesn't finish till about one o'clock in the morning because Tim is a statistician as well and really loves to put stats in it. And one of the lines in the article was, today the only thing that would give New South Wales fans any solace is that Cam Smith is starting to go bald. It's not much to cling to, but it's all I got. That's it. What more can we say? Yeah. Cheap shot. Cheap shot. Gotta yeah. Take, gotta take That's all we've got, learning cheap shots. Congratulations to Queensland. Yeah. They're probably the well best team that yeah. I have ever seen. Oh, yeah. The Blues, I think, have a strong sort of nucleus for next year. Definitely. And maybe we can break the hoodoo next year. Let's hope so. Let's hope Fingers so. crossed. Yeah. We stand by for the clap. Cranker takes them down the tunnel. I know you all think the best part of this weekend's rugby league action is that the Eels are guaranteed two points this weekend, (laughs) but we should probably have a chat about the two games that have already happened. Let's start off with Warriors v Panthers. Uh, The Warriors lost this game 34 points to 24. Salian, I think we can talk about some of the players in this game because Nathan Cleary was someone that just had an outstanding game, particularly without Matt Moylan there. Yeah, I'm not too sure what the Matt Moylan situation was. I guess he's been injured for a couple of weeks or or whatnot. But, yeah, when I saw that Moylan was out, I thought, oh, going over to to the Warriors' home ground and – you know, Manu Vatavai's kind of farewell, you know, it's just been announced that he's he's not continuing on with the Warriors. So you think the emotion of it and, and the Warriors are kind of, they, they really need to start winning and, I mean, Penrith do as well. But Cleary had an incredible game and I think it was it was really back and forth, back and forth and then it got to about the 70th minute and I think he scored another try or he set one up. Well, we lose, we lose track because yeah, he scored 22 points yeah, on his own. And he, from that it was just, you know, um, they basically put the Warriors to bed. But, I th- yeah, the other talking point I guess is Sean Johnson's injury and I think that's probably going to have a, a, a big impact on how the, the Warriors continue to play for the rest of the year. Yeah, unfortunately. Aloni, with Sean Johnson out, do you think that's the Warriors season done? Uh, I'd say so, yeah. It's um, pretty hard to recover <laughs> if you don't have personnel there. Just even when they when they are fully fully um, set their side, it's, it's, they still struggle at times. So, mm. yeah, I'd say, safely say that it's the end of that season for them. It was an important game for both teams because they're both sitting just outside the eight. Yeah. So Penrith now with that win uh, – I think they could potentially play finals football, particularly because they've got an easier draw heading yeah. into the finals than some of the other teams. Yeah, I think we might see a little bit of what happened last year when they had a little bit of a roll on towards the end of the season. I don't I don't see them maybe going as well in the finals as what they did last year because they were a little bit of a surprise packet. But I could see them stringing together a few more wins, especially if, if Cleary continues to play like that. I mean, he's he's played like that since he, he came into grade. He's just such a calm and collected, you know, young man. He's, what, 19, 20? It's, it's going to be cool to see what the future holds for this yeah. kid. Yeah. He's, he's afraid. You just sit back and watch and say, how is this kid yeah. this age? He's, 
he's performing as well as a, as any sort of season first grader, and yeah, it's just amazing to watch. I, yeah. love, I love watching him run around. And mm-hmm. Hopefully, he can spark something for for the back end of the year because I mean, we love we all love seeing great footy. So yeah, I'd love to see the Panthers spin yeah. it and kick it in their favour and and come home real strong. Aloni, I'm curious to find out from you as a player. Do you guys think about the finals or do you literally just play every single week as it comes? Because no. I know as a fan, all I do now is sit up at night <laughs> and do the finals calculator yeah. and <laughs> working out every single possible scenario. And it could possibly be because Parramatta haven't played finals since 2009 and I just want them to play finals. Like I don't yeah. care. And I I'm want just them to play to... like they did that year too. That was yeah. Oh, weren't they? But that do you guys think about it or do you just every week as it comes? Um, I personally prefer to take it every week as it comes because – well, it depends where you sit. I've had seasons where we're out of the mix all together and then somehow through luck we've managed to string together and win all the games we needed to win. So sometimes you are crunching the numbers to figure it out. Mm. Um, fortunately for my side this year, we're sitting first by a mile. But, so I'm in the position where I can just take it game by game, improve week in, week out, and then worry about that end of the year when, when that rolls around. So it, it just depends on where you are, I think. Um, sometimes you have to crunch the numbers and, and figure out how to win for that uh, that, that period coming up. But, um, I mean, we generally just break it down and say, okay, here's a five-week block, let's get through this, but mainly focusing on uh, the current week. And I think that's what the Eels did because they've had the two buys. Well, they've mm. got one more buy this week and they've won four in a row and I think they knew that this was like a 10-point potential block yeah. and was pretty crucial. We had the same thing over the last few weeks. We had two buys in a, in a, in a short space. So our, our goals were, yeah, let's, let's get through this period well and then we'll, we'll, we'll reassess at the end of that and, and set, uh, set off on the foot for the next, the next phase to come through. So yeah, just absolutely. depends on where you are um, in your season really. So yeah, Not all teams are lucky enough yeah. to be the Roosters. The Eels are just <laughs> hanging on to that last spot. <laughs> sally Ann, were there any other players for you that stood out? Um, I think... It's good seeing Josh Mansour back. Um, I was, uh, I'm was i a really big fan of his and I, I think he went really well in, in Origin last year when he got the chance. So I'd, I'd love yep. to see him, you know, get back to full fitness and full kind of, you know, game fitness as well because obviously being out for that long period of time and with such a serious injury, you're probably – your confidence is, is slowly building. But I think it's it's good seeing him, you know, back in the side and I think if he can, if he can fire up a bit more as the season goes on and obviously Moylan coming back in the side and Cleary in this form. Their forward pack went really well as well. So I think we could see Penrith, you know, step up and, and win a few games before the year's out. You mentioned the forwards. I wanted to shout out to my friend Regan Campbell-Gillard. He made 175 metres, which was pretty epic. And also Tyrone May, who was on debut last night. He had a bit of a shaky start mm. in that um, – Sean Johnson sort of ran rings around him and he got caught in possession on the last he tackle. He doesn't run rings around that. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> right. I've victim mm. to it time as well. And it's, it's tough. It's a tough job. but Yeah, yeah someone's got to do it, right? That's right, yeah. Um, but despite that, I thought he came back really well and had a good performance. Yeah. So I was really happy to see him do well. Yeah, and your debut, I mean, I, I mean, not that I um, I would know, <laughs> but I would imagine, imagine that for any player playing their first you know, game, especially – like in New Zealand at the Warriors' home ground, it can be a really oh, it's intimidating, intimidating place. It's one of the most intimidating places yeah. to go to. And so. they had the Warriors had a, a really strong squad as well. Johnson, Foran, you know, these are really big name players. And I think you yeah, have a shaky start, but he, he came through in the end. He had a really solid game. Well, it's onwards and upwards for the Panthers. I yeah. think that's the Warriors done, but the Panthers can potentially make the finals. Yeah. Let's get on to the next game because the Raiders won this game 18 points to 14. Mm. People are wondering whether the Raiders can still make the finals and are questioning whether the Dragons are going to get there after having lost seven of their last 10 games. Salian, I found this game very frustrating in that there were six field goal attempts mm. in that last 10 minutes and no one could get the chocolates. Yeah, look, I think it was it was a little bit like the first game. They were quite entertaining games last night, but I think when it got to that point of, you know, it was like whoever whoever cracks next is has got this, I think it just becomes a bit of that, that field goal-a-thon and it does get a little, not boring, but it is it is frustrating to watch because you think about, you know, the form that Widdop has shown this year and you've got Dugan, you've got Jason Nightingale, you've got all these great backs. You know, throw it out the back. Don't just 
try to kick it. And the same for Canberra, you know, Rapana, Joey Leilua, you've got strike in your side. What are you laughing about, Loney? <laughs> exactly right. Let's scrap golden yeah. point. Let's have, let's have a golden try. Golden try. It's, it's got to happen. You've got some, some of the happen. best attacking weapons in Lafayette and, yeah. and Rapana, Leilua. These guys can run. Let's, let's see them run. Let's see them run. I yeah. want to ask you, though, Loney, do you guys practice your field goals? We do, yeah. Yep. Do you practice yours? Can uh, you kick a field me, goal? No, not really. <laughs> My kicking licence got revoked many, many <laughs> years ago, so... Um, yeah, we've got little systems and stuff, but I'd rather run. I'd rather have me score a try or have one of the sort of outside backs doing their thing and flying through the air and scoring one of those spectacular tries that we all love to see. So let's scrap Golden Point if we can, please. All right, yeah, there we go. Good. We'll see who's listening <laughs> and how much influence the show has. I wanted to talk about Aiden Caesar because he's been a player that I think has disappointed a couple of people since he moved to the Raiders. But I think last night he probably had his best game for the team. Yeah. So he scored a wonderful intercept try, ran 90 metres oh, to score. Showed some wheels in, didn't he? He was didn't flying. He? Yeah, yeah. He, was he left flying. Like, yeah, just looking at his heels. He was yeah. just flying. I thought McDonald was going to maybe chase him down, but even he he couldn't match him yeah, in the end. Some, yeah, he showed some speed. was hectic. Lafayette was burnt there. Yeah. And I thought Nene was it was a chance of getting him, but no. Would no. Luke Lewis have caught him? <laughs> Based off the yeah. last couple of weeks, yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know how he's how <laughs> What's does he going do it? on with that intercept kind that area, that key area where it's like twenty meters out and then there's just these massive passes going through and it's bam, just I don't someone's know. on on the ball. It's But Luke Lewis, the best thing about those <laughs> tries is that you can see him watching himself on the big screen yeah. <laughs> to see if people are chasing him. Yeah, I don't know. think Caesar yeah, did that last night. I think he was just focused on I've got to get this down. So just pin the ears back and, yeah, and run. Swung his arms fast yeah. and hard. Yeah. Not only did he score that try though, but there was also the I want to say 40-20, but it wasn't really a 40-20. It was like more like a 30-10. Yeah. That that as soon as they got that, I thought, yeah, I think I think Canberra have got this. It's such a momentum, momentum. swinger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's crucial those 40-20s. And yeah. we don't see them often, but no. when you do, it has such an impact on the game. Absolutely it does. Yeah. And I think it really um I don't know, the the team seems to lift yeah. whenever it happens. Another you just grow another leg, yeah. Out of yeah, the out of it, and yeah. everyone's enthused. The crowds on their feet. Everyone's yeah. yelling. Um, yeah, it's great. It just adds that, yeah, another layer to to the game, which I think we need to see more of. Yeah, That's definitely. Fans, fans would definitely. love to see. It just adds that extra layer of, oh, what's coming now? So more forty twenties, golden try. That's what we've got so <laughs> far. Yep. I also wanted to talk Dave Taylor because there's a player that I think has had a bit of a rejuvenation in his career. So mm. he made sixty two meters off six carries in the first half last night. And then made another 43 metres in the first 10 minutes of the second half. He was epic. I've got to say, I haven't, yeah, yeah. I haven't watched a lot of Raiders games this year. and I For the best. Yeah, <laughs> I completely forgot that he was on their roster. And when he's been they, playing um, yeah, in yeah, and out of I first grade this year. So. Yeah, and he just, yeah, he, he had a great game. And I know he's been a bit of a journeyman, but. Hopefully he gets a bit more settled and, and maybe he's going to be at the Raiders for a few more years to come. I'm not sure how, how old is Dave Taylor. He's 28, I think. Still got a few few good years yeah, left in him. Sure. So heaps, heaps. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> heaps. Yeah, heaps. Another heaps. 10 years. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Could you imagine playing yeah. rugby league till you're 38 years old? Alone? <laughs> I could do it. I yeah. Could do it. <laughs> Look, looking pretty decent. Petra, Petra <laughs> finished up at 37, so yeah. I'm, I'm hoping to do it. Steve Menzies is like Menzies was 40, 40 playing yep. in, in the English yep. Super League. Yep. I'm just going to need a moment. You've met, mentioned Petro, who I just... <laughs> I love him. Who doesn't? What a like, guy. What a man. Yeah, he is what a man. Honestly, him and Alan Tung. Yeah. My big oh, joke yeah. is ever if they were involved in a rugby league scandal, that's when I give the game away <laughs> because I have no faith anymore. <laughs> like if either of those oh, two great. are involved because they're just perfect human beings. They are. But Aloni, do you think – like what? where do the Dragons go from here? I don't know. Yeah, I thought that a couple of weeks back when I guess they, they reached that point where it's, all right, do we carry on or does it – does it just dwindle away of the what what could have been season and I don't know if they could really sort of carry on the form. Um, that intercept try by Caesar last night, it, Game that, was, that was completely instinctual. He did mm. not plan that at all. It just it just happened. But if that pass comes off, that that's I, th I think that that game swings in the favour of Dragon. So got out of jail there, Raiders. Um, you know, so hopefully they can they can kick on with the season. I always love seeing the Dragons go well and. Mm. 
yeah, hope for the best for them for the season. To be honest, though, like most people had them wooden spooners, or at least yeah. second yeah. last. So the very fact that they've made the top eight and yep. had such a dominant start, I think, mm. is credit to them and credit to Paul McGregor as well. Definitely, yep. Yep. I think. Yeah, at the end of the year, regardless of what happens, they'd have to look at the way the way that they've played, particularly their attack. I mean, last year their attack was almost non-existent some weeks, and I mean, I'd love to see them to make the the semis, and I think. They look a little bit like they've ran out of steam and I don't know whether that really great start to the year has just kind of caught up on them. Um, but it does. I, I, yeah. I think it does. It's, it's If if you get you get so many wins to start with that, yeah. that sort of not, not complacency, I just you, you – the fear that it's just going to happen is, 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 it starts right. to creep in and if you're not tested uh, by – I find by loss, yeah, you can, you, can, you can peter out at the back end of the year. Yeah. So. We'll see what happens. Hopefully they spin around. Yeah, yeah, hopefully look not at the expense of the Eels though. That's that's the <laughs> caveat. They need to make the eight. Yeah. I'm going to ask you now both which game you are most looking forward to this weekend. sally which game? has to be tonight, Newcastle versus Brisbane. Um, God bless the Newcastle Knights. Everyone in this room, I think, loves the Knights <laughs> just a little bit. They've and become a bit of a like, oh, like, you know, everyone oh. just rallies around them, I guess. And I just want to see them win. I was yeah. broken last week. I was yeah. absolutely Tough. broken after that loss. I yeah. cried. I cried. I was, I was borderline. I think the, the week before there was such disappointment because they they didn't play to the the expectation that I think they had on themselves they really built that game up against the Tigers as this is our grand final you know this is the wooden spoon battle and we don't want to be in that position again and to see them turn up and I wouldn't say not try I don't think this year they could be accused of never trying and even last year when they were getting you know 30 to 40 points put on them nearly every week at one stage I, I still think they always put in the effort but Last week it was it was the fact that our defence was so strong and, and the, we crawled back to get in a position to win it and then to have it so cruelly taken away at the end and it was it was pretty heartbreaking, although it was nice to see Reynolds get his Belmore send-off that he did. Deservedly so, yeah. yeah. Deservedly so and yeah. I was sort of a bit torn because yeah. I love Josh Reynolds. I feel like I've done this every <laughs> every show this year. I love Josh Reynolds so it was great to see that send off but, mm. man, I really just wanted the Knights to get home. Yeah, yeah I think yeah, everyone wants to see him. Like it's, we've, we've seen enough of them lose and we, we want to see that, that, that tide swing there for them and, and then get their wins. That you got uh, yeah, the dog. Ross Dog in there. And <laughs> Who he, doesn't love the Ross Dog? That's exactly right. Who doesn't love him? He, and he's a competitor. He goes hard and I mean, he's sort of really waving the flag for, for Newcastle up there. And yeah. yeah. We're all hoping <laughs> they yeah, spin Just around somewhere. <laughs> Sally Ann, I'm curious to know. So the Wayne Bennett factor. Mm. Obviously Wayne coached the Knights yes. a couple of years ago. Do you think that motivates the Knights at all? Like we talk about Nathan Ross Mm. and Wayne Bennett did say to him that he would never play first grade. And I know that Nathan holds on to that quote and uses it as motivation for him. Do you think that's extra motivation for them heading into this game? I think individually there might be some players that that may. So obviously Ross would be would be one of them. Would there be many still there from that? That's the thing. I think I don't think so. There's so many young guys now that have, you know, the Safiti brothers and and Lamb and, and players like that that I don't think, you know, Bennett would have had a lot to do with in terms of their development. So I think on an individual level there might be one or two and I think it's more the fans. Um, I've, I've read a lot of comments online this week about I guess there's a bit of animosity towards Bennett and in the way that he, you know, left the club. But I think it's, it's so, you know, it's it's so much more than that. It's, it's more let's just focus on winning and I think the team and Nathan Brown, I don't think Nathan Brown would be thinking about Wayne Bennett at all he's just wanting to get these young kids back up for another game you know Brock Lamb especially make sure that he's okay and he's ready for another week and let's move on and and let's play footy so I don't think it's as big a factor as maybe the media or some of the fans think it is Knights for the win today what do we reckon yeah let's go the Knights all right let's go the Knights what about you Aloni is there another game that you're excited about looking forward to uh 
to be honest, I don't even know which games we're on this year. I know the bias. I'm trying to get my head out of the I think that's good, right? You've got a break and you're not playing that's exactly footy. Right, um, yeah. One of the other ones I had down was Sea Eagles versus West Tigers. Mm. The Tigers may be struggling, but, you know, they've sort of gotten four points in the last fortnight. And they've, with Where's the this win. one at? Sorry? Where is this one? Yeah. Uh, was it Lotto Land? I think it is. It? Oh, that's yeah. Right. yeah, it's yeah, the Sea Eagles home game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, James Tedesco's coming back for the Tigers. Yeah. Aaron Woods will be backing up after State of Origin. And Manly had that loss last week, so. Yeah. They'll be hungry again, Manly. Yeah. I, they, I, I, I love watching them play. I, I don't get to watch many games, but... um. Mm. I've, I've watched a couple of the Seagulls game this year and I, I love seeing them. They're the, my what dark they're horse. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Honestly. Who would have thought? Yeah, yeah. Who would have thought at the start of the year? The way they beat the Sharks a few weeks back. I mean, I know yeah. Lewis had that amazing try but, and that was probably one of the highlights. But they, it was the only highlight really I, for I the heard, Sharks. Yeah, I heard Luke Lewis speak on Fox Sports that later that week and he said the toughest game by far, you know, even more so than that one point win over the Melbourne Storm down in Melbourne he said, "Manly, their forwards just monstered their pack, and I think, I, I think we could see them there come, you know, grand final night. They do have a big pack. Like, I don't want to yeah. be running towards Marty Tapao ever. <laughs> no. no, shotgun arms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's a big human. Yeah, he is a big human. Uh, so mm. that's another game that I'm looking forward to. Yeah. But we'll see I what happens. The, I think the Tigers will step up for that one. I think it should be good. I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. They're another team that I love and would love to see <laughs> get a couple more wins." Yeah. But, uh, yeah, with the Roosters and with the Eels with the bye, I think uh, Aloni and I are in very good places <laughs> this week. Sit back and watch. Sit back and watch. Enjoy. Enjoy. Kids <laughs> know how to play the game. They play it hard and fair. Kids know how to win the game. They give more than they share. They're great to see in action. These boys to show the way. Put the Roosters on the field. They'll show you how to play. Loni, it's time for us to hammer you with questions. <laughs> Do you guys know that Darius Boyd reference? Yeah. <laughs> was that when he was kind of um and... Yeah, so that was a couple of years ago. A mm. couple of years ago, a reporter went up to him and, and asked a question. He was like, what, are you going to hammer me with questions oh. now? And she was like, uh, this is my first question only. <laughs> Uh, but alone, we're going to yes, actually hammer you with same, questions now. the same responses from me. Well, this is going to be a very short segment. <laughs> <laughs> Aloni, the Roosters are currently sitting in third place on the ladder. How's the season been together so far? Oh, uh, really good, hey. It's, um, I don't know, we set out, we were all sort of out there goals for ourselves at the start of the year. We sort of, uh, oh, I can and can't say. Um, we just, we knew last year was a bad year for us. Um our club expects more of us and and deserves more because uh, we've had such success over the years and um, a year like last year just just doesn't sit well with anyone really. Um, it's not it's not Roosters style, so uh, that's what the the plan this year was just to to get back to that that Roosters way and um, just yeah get in get the job done and, and perform well. Because last year was a year of disruption. I think there are a lot of things going on off the field that sort of impacted performance. And I know that as a team, you're not a team that like to use excuses, but this year the team has seemed far more settled. And I think we've seen the results on the field as a result. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. We, um, I mean, that, that's something we addressed too in earlier on uh, in the in the preseason and that um, what kind of team we, we were going to be and the culture that we're going to create. And and uh, I guess yeah, this year we. we haven't done, I guess, social things, uh, which is, oh, I think, a great thing. I, I personally, I, I don't ever really drink myself, and um, I think, yeah, the results are showing. We, we're, we're strong. We're, we're sitting in, in third place, and um, who knows what, how, how the season's going to end. We're, we're hoping for to, to take out the comp, and um, yeah, we're just in, in a really strong position at the moment. Has there been, I guess, I mean, last year was a. a I would say a real surprise that you guys performed the way you did. But I think towards the back end of the season, there was signs that it was maybe just a a one-off. Would you say there's been a big shift in the culture from last year to this year? Or was it more just the cultures still stay the same? It's just you had a bit of a, a bad year. Yeah, that's, culture's, culture's still quite similar. Well, I think, yeah, what happened mm. with, with PC last year, um, just yeah, off the field things just disrupted the start of the year. We're unlucky in a lot of games um, where well, I think we lost six games or something by by um, six or less points. Mm-hmm. So we 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 make those wins and 
yeah, we, we sit on the other the other side of or within striking range of the eight last year. Yeah, the, the culture's still the same there. I guess this year we just we just tapped into it. I, I feel like this year we really set goals of, of, of and sort of tried to instill something from the start. Uh, Robbo sort of uses uh, one thing that, that he sort of said to, to us as a group, um, which, which I recall quite well, is there's uh, three categories of teams you're going to fall into, good, great or unstoppable. You're all blacks here, you're unstoppable kind of team. So um, even sit, sitting down and, and having that kind of presentation put towards us at the start of the year makes it uh, makes me feel hungry and I, I hope it um, makes the rest of the team feel that way. And I think it has because you, you see the results that we, we've, we've given um, this year are... Um, Outstanding, yeah. <laughs> pretty much. Like trying, trying words it. in your mouth. You've been phenomenal. <laughs> yes, you've yes, been yes. absolutely phenomenal. And uh, I think one of the teams that are leading the charge for the premiership. Yeah, um, with the addition of like players like like Luke, Luke, um, Luke, Luke Keery and, and Michael Gordon, um, they just they just help steady the ship and and add to what we sort of needed last year. I guess um, we're with uh, Jimmy Maloney departing, uh, sort of made it hard for us to, to find a good half. And we've got, we've got that this year in Luke Keery. And uh, yeah, Michael Gordon is, is doing his thing. Sorry for him leaving the, the Eels and doing his job there. <laughs> he but looks like he's being very well looked after at the Roosters, which is all that I can ask for for one of my old players. I, yeah, I wouldn't, I, he's he's just a just a, a great all-around guy and great competitor. He's top bloke. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, yeah. and he, um, he slotted in perfectly to the system and then added – to it massively so i'm very very happy to hear recruitment's that. done well there <laughs> they sure have aloni i'm curious to know the roosters are a team i really like because of players like yourself and boyd cordner and mitch orbison and jake friend but they have a bit of a rep like people don't seem to like the roosters very much why do you think that is um they jealous I, you can say that they're jealous <laughs> yeah i i guess from the outside in you you see this sort of uh well-established place it's uh money it's eastern suburbs the uh, mm. i think people are jealous of that that eastern suburbs vibe yeah i guess so latte sippers is one we get reputation all the time. <laughs> a rep yeah it's just yeah a, rep. just a i guess they 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 look at us and, and think it's money so look for a cheap stab say oh yeah they got this they got that they don't deserve this and that but it's it's just a if you came into to where we came in we it's 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 extremely humble it's it's mm. small it's a tight knit family where it's it's a fan like we're we're a family like everyone in that whole club looks after each other our facilities are not much we're lucky we we just train around the corner from Bondi Beach but yeah if you if you were to come in and, and compare us to other places we've got basically nothing we've got the smallest gym in the world our field is just our place that we that we use mm. to. Um, do what we do, and I don't know, from the outside in, it's it's, it's so strange. Like you, you feel it's this that have we would have this big state of the art facility, but we don't. We just we just have this culture of of, of family and looking after each other and help building each other up. And it's yeah. f- it's funny because I guess you got that east versus west kind of thing, but you know Penrith's facilities are state of the state art, state of the art, and then like even you know West Tigers. I mean, stadium out at Cameltown is incredible, and you just kind of think. It's not... How many stadiums do they have? <laughs> I've got three. I don't think yeah, the facilities yeah. at Leichhardt are very Look, good though. Yeah, Leichhardt, no. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah. we, if you were to compare ours mm. to theirs, ours probably half the size of even Leichhardt. Yeah, so yeah. it's not about the place. It's it's just about the culture that, that is there. And once someone comes into the system, they see what it's, – it's the culture that creates. I didn't even that. mention Dylan Napa. I like him too. Oh, he's great. Legend. Yeah, see, so many He's legends great. at the and Roosters. And now, now Queensland legend too, well deserved too. He's um, mm. uh, he he flipped that game in, in game two. I I think like I was sitting there watching, thinking, mate, you just became a, a, a true Origin player. He, mm. I I thought his feats in Origin two flipped the game, flipped the series, and I hope he set himself up to to be a a, a long term Origin player for Queensland. Hopefully I've uh, managed to convert some people to the Roosters after that because they're just a team of people that I really like. But Aloni, one of my favourite stories in the NRL is Nathan Ross and he made his debut at age 26. You've got a similar story to Ross Dog though. So I'd love you to tell us that story and what sort of finally led you to having the opportunity to make your debut for the Roosters in April last year. All right, um, you got some time because yeah, I got it's time. a long. It's, no, well, only I only say that because it, it, it's it's a long story. It took a 
a sort of long time. I uh, semi-pro footy. I would have started playing at 19. So my, to make my debut sort of 10 years later at 28. Um, actually, yeah, well, that was my first year in a full-time system um, at 28. So... Um, sorry, I'm cramping in my hamstring. What's going on? <laughs> um, you don't need to get you to training. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Too much training. Um, Is that a Ken Edwards cramp? Is the question too no, tricky? I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, <laughs> no, Darius Boyd. <laughs> um, right, so start. I was a Tigers junior. Um, came through the system there. Through Jersey Flag, I don't think anyone, anyone even remembers what Jersey Flag is. It's the old under twenty system. Don't worry, um, I before do. Before under 20s. Oh, it's funny. I say it to like Latrell or some of the young boys. And I'm like, What's Jersey what are you Flag? talking about? Like Latrell <laughs> would have been 20s, born man, in the two thousands, yeah. right? He's one of those people. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so Tigers started Tigers. Um, never trained full time. Uh, never really got an opportunity. Sort of never even given, uh, I guess, any time. And I guess that sort of Gave me some inspiration, I guess, to, to prove people wrong. Um, which, luckily enough, I got to play against the Tigers last year and, and get a win against them too, which for our season wasn't – was good, <laughs> good <laughs> personally and, and good, yeah. Um, went around the world, actually met, luckily enough uh, – was lucky enough to meet Nathan Ross. Uh, we would sit down in, a, in his little living room there in, in Toulouse in France and we'd chat about sort of one day – going back to the NRL because we thought, well, really, realistically, it's it's over. The, the, the dream's gone. And Wong Ruse, where I currently play, which is the, uh, the Roosters reserve grade side, was taken over by Roosters in 2015. We went to the grand final, lost to Knights. Yeah. Which I still <laughs> have. Uh, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, I see Clint um, Newton and, and still I uh, feel a bit of hatred towards <laughs> him at times. But um, yeah, so I had a, had a good year that year and Robbo um, offered to uh, take me on part-time throughout the preseason. And... Uh, I actually flipped it on him and said, mate, um, I'm working full-time, but I have time in my schedule. Can I come in and train um, when I have time? And he said, oh, look, I've seen people struggle with it before in the past. Uh, see how you go. And uh, if you can handle it, um, just just come whenever you can. So from that day forward, I was in there every day. Uh, unpaid, I was, I was just, just off my, my own button. Mm. Luckily enough, I love training. So it's I just, I just saw it as a, as a great <laughs> opportunity. And um, yeah, ran with it and round four last year, I, I got my uh, debut after a long, long time. <laughs> after a great, great story. Yeah. I know, Aloni, you'll be staying with the Roosters until the end of next year, yep. but I know you've got an unusual contract. Is that right? It's more a verbal agreement between myself and Trent. Um, he was good enough to to um, let me keep doing my job, I think. Because I've done what I do for so I I, I work full time and I I play footy full time also. Uh, mentally, I feel like I perform better when I'm um, working. So, and I've had this chat to to Zane Tedovano's in the in the same case as I am. Um, I was never really in the the footy bubble, so to speak. So for me, a, a mental, I guess, release because I, I don't know. I just don't. I just feel like I always have to be doing something because mm. I, I've, that's just what I've, what I've always done. So for me, to, I think to perform better, I feel I need to to have that outlet somewhere. So I uh, I still work, uh, no longer full-time. I'm only casually employed at Leichhardt Council, but um, yeah, you'll see me run around the streets in my in my Hy-Vee's gear. And <laughs> I'm almost like, I feel like I'm Batman. I, by night, I'm a garbage <laughs> man. And, and by day, I'm uh, lucky enough to run out and, well, I've played like sort of at Wembley and stuff and it's, sort of done what people dream to to do so do you cool. think uh, i mean we see a lot of you know we're seeing it case in point newcastle a lot of you know young guys coming in probably a little bit too early yep. in terms of first grade you know some 17 18 19 year olds do you think coming into grade like you know yourself and nathan ross a little bit later one do you think that that makes you a bit more equipped to handle the pressure and i guess also grateful you know we are, we do see a lot of younger players that get a bit lost with the game and, and they kind of lose interest would you say that it's made you more grateful as well for sure for sure and I see a lot of cases of, of younger boys who are in that position where they could use their time to to fill it with 
fulfilling things, like mm. to to help their their communities. Um, the I, I don't know. Like I just think they could they could use the time. That, I, I understand the clubs want them just to fully invest in in uh, just their football, but there's more to mm. life than just football, and it can enhance their game. So, mm. um, yeah, for sure. I think I don't know what kind of system you could put in place to to help correct that, mm. but. Uh, I think it could better engage players to create a better overall player and it'd be great for, for the game and players. And I, I know a lot of players enjoy punting on – only because I, I, I don't do it myself. So mm. um, horses, whatever, like it's, it's, which is I think it's just – it's wasteful. It's invest your money in housing, kids. If yeah. You, if you're in, especially if you're in Sydney, that, that's one of the reasons why I have my job too. I just recently bought a place in, in Sydney and I have to pay – my bills like footy's not enough to just cover that so mm. um but that that's fulfilling to me also my goal when i was younger it was to buy a house in sydney so mm. um i don't know i just and i just hope that that sort of redirects everything and enhances what i do so i think they could they could also do the same i think they just waste a lot of time and i'd love to see players being required to do something mm. off the field and i don't really care what that something is whether it be working or whether it be studying at TAFE or at university. I actually couldn't care less what it is you're doing, Mm. but I think it's super important that you have something else off the field because forget about contributing to society and your community and having something else. What happens if your footy career doesn't go the way you think it's going to go? You get Simon Dwyer cases and Taniela Tuiaki cases. Um, And at the end of the day, like you hear so many cases of blokes hitting that wall and they're like, oh, what do I do now? Like, you can set up for that without being a detriment to your playing career. Mm. If anything, I feel it enhances. So if you're prepared for that, in finding something that's fulfilling, not just going to be, oh, yeah, I'll just do that after footy. Um, you can, I, th- I find you can enhance mm. yeah, yourself overall and, and your footy too. And so. not everyone is lucky enough, I guess, to get a, a good media job like a lot of the former players oh, do. Yeah, you know. yeah very exactly. Little, so. Yeah, that's right. Very little. Mm. Aloni, I'm curious to hear about your experience playing for Fiji because I love watching the Fijian team play rugby league. Like you all coming together and singing that beautiful hymn before the game. Yep. It's a joy to watch. You're my favourite team to watch internationally, I think. Yep. We sort of flipped it a bit uh, in the 2008 World Cup. We started singing that hymn and it's added. I think it's added a whole other dimension and layer to to uh to the game um everyone expects uh, the war dance your huckers and so on and so forth but yeah for us to do that it's cool because that that song resonates with everyone you can't tell me there's not one person you know that doesn't like hearing that mm. that that song that hymn it's a um fijians are very religious people and that hymn is, is just a, a praising to god um but yeah i don't know i can't even describe playing in that that side it's just where we're so tight knit, we're so close. This is again another another family vibe. I've been pretty lucky, I guess. I get got to play in such tight knit, tight knit groups. And um, yeah, representing Fiji means means a world to me. Uh, my, my father's from Fiji. Um, still a, a freshie, I say. You could, <laughs> I guess you could say um, he came out here about uh, thirty odd year ago uh, with sixty bucks in his back pocket. Cane, uh, cane, like working in sugarcane farming, which is pretty pretty bloody tough job still works today um so i know to, to just i don't know it just means a world to me to be able to represent him and my family from over there I yeah i think <laughs> it almost seems that you're a little bit lost for words and i think that is probably the response i expected because it appears to mean so much to all of you and it does seem to be like a real family unit and I'm so proud to watch, you know, the Australian Gillaroos play. I can't imagine actually putting that jersey on for myself and what it would mean to represent my country. So, no, I think your answer was bang on. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, I guess I think we were going to talk a bit about some of your favourite players. I Maybe before we get into that, I wanted to know just in the Roosters team, you know, we've spoken about some of, you know, your favourite players, Mary. Everyone. You're, you're a big fan. But I, I guess I wanted to know who would you say has really impressed you in, in the last season, considering, you know, last season's efforts, you know, who has really impressed you in terms of their effort and their performance this year? 
Boydo probably tops that list. Boyd Corner, he's typifies, I guess, just work ethic and effort. Mm-hmm. He, what he does is, is class above. He, he's um, deserving of that Australian jersey because he is the word there, epitome. Is that the word there? Epitomizes. Mm-hmm. Epitomizes, yeah, mm-hmm. an, an Australian player and leader. I mean, I'm pretty lucky. I'm in probably one of the best sort of rosters you could find of an NRL side. So look around the club and you've just got class from wing to wing, really. So... Um, they all impress me day in, day out, what they do. Um, yeah, no one really sort of stands out. They all stand out. Yeah. So I guess I'm, I'm just really, really lucky and grateful to be where I am. Um, what about favourite NRL players? Past or present? You can answer that however you like. All right. Um, well, because I'm Fijian, I always had a Fijian bias. So um, Petro... Um, Lottie Takiri was, was my I'm a New South Wales person but I uh, had a soft spot for Queensland back in the day because they were dominant and they had two Fijians running around which as a young Islander kid you, you feel like you need those kind of role models and, mm-hmm. and they sort of put me on that path to, to continue to chase footy and um, seeing those kind of guys run around um, I guess yeah they sort of guided me towards chasing that 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 path um steve renoff is ringing a bell as a kid that's pretty old for for some of the some of the some of the latrell mitchells of the world perhaps (laughs) good choice but um he was a weapon um yeah i just i got i got a heavy fijian biased in in rugby and uh and league two i guess sunny bill i just i don't know i've seen the, the freaks do what they do and just try to copy and do what they did and yeah. If only we could all copy Sonny Bill Williams <laughs> yeah. if only you we know, all really had that talent. <laughs> Alonia, I have to ask about your hair because people say that you have the best hair in the NRL, right, which yeah. um, there's some stiff competition yeah, out Colin there Harrell, as well. I reckon he's got me yeah. covered. Yeah, there you go. People yeah, yeah, really yeah. like Chad Townsend's hair yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need to know, do you brush it? Because I have super curly hair and I can only brush mine in the shower when it's wet. Like if I brush mine now, it would turn afro. Yeah. What do you do to yours? Nothing at all. Just get up and go for the day. <laughs> Nothing. I might just like comb it with my hands for when I lie down it tends to flatten out but uh, <laughs> I just comb it out a bit with my hands I don't have a, an afro comb as such there you go zero maintenance easy I'm zero maintenance. lucky I'm a male where it's pretty low maintenance it's, I don't have to do much to it it's, it's easy um, how, so how it came about uh, in the Fijian uh, when I was at the Tigers in 2011 three Fijian boys decided to see how long we could grow our hair <laughs> myself Junior Rangitha and uh we currently still ha- – he's playing at London Broncos now and still got that afro too. So <laughs> we've been rocking it for, yeah, four or five years. I don't know. My maths is not good there. What's that, seven years now? Seven, yeah. 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 Longer. Let's go six. Yeah. Let's go six. There was another guy, uh, Ratu Tangive. Uh, so, yeah, three froze were running around for a while. We had, I think we went about three years before Ratu decided to shave his off. So I then started mine fresh the year later and uh, we're still going now. So it's, yeah. I've had one haircut in the last eight years. So not only is it low maintenance, but it is cost effective <laughs> as well. <laughs> Extremely. Yeah, do you, do you it's contributing to my mortgage. Do other players ever grab at it? When you oh, they've had a few cracks, but then they, they yeah, uh, feel they the know. wrath after. Yeah, good. <laughs> I always, I always they might get a straight elbow yeah, in the I'm jaw. Just, which, that's uh, not on. I'm like, pretty bony too. So <laughs> if you try to get me anywhere, you're going to get some bones yeah, from me. So good. Yeah, Stay yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, they, they learn quick. <laughs> Aloni, and what keeps you busy off the field when you're not playing footy and doing your full-time job? All right. Okay. So because um, you do a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah, I do a couple of things here and there. So I got uh, I got the kids at home. So my wife's actually just she's a nurse at RPA, and I mean those guys aren't paid enough for what they do. They're mm-hmm. they uh, they're the real superheroes of the modern day. Um, so uh, Mel's just gone back to work at RPA. So daddy daycare duties a lot of times, and. Uh, She'll do the morning shift uh, and I'll do the morning shift looking after the kids, which is a tough job. I mean, yeah, mothers out there, full credit to you guys. Uh, um, I didn't realise how hard it was until have, have, trying to <laughs> juggle three kids in a shopping centre sort of gets your wits <laughs> end pretty quick. So, uh, yeah, full credit to you guys. So I'm juggling the kids um, until about three in the Arvo. I'll meet, it, I'll meet Mel at my work when she finishes work. Uh, I'll go to work then. Should go home and deal with the kids 
Uh, and hope, hopefully I've done a good enough job for the day <laughs> for her to have an easy afternoon but I don't think I overdo so sorry wife about that. So outside of juggling work, I've just finished my um, Cert 4 in small business and Cert 4 in personal training last year. So um, venturing down that path now, looking to – I would like to get into coaching, I think, when I um, – mainly strength and conditioning coaching when I, I just really enjoy lifting weights and I've done so since I was sort of 15. I think that sort of helped me um, pursue footy. Um, so, yeah, I really enjoy reading, really enjoy sort of researching. Um, I love conspiracies and stuff like that. So <laughs> myself and Rossi, we get into deep conversation about uh, sort of current conspiracies or what we think uh, could possibly be a conspiracy about things going on in the world. Have um, you got one you can share with yeah. us? We've never had a conspiracy on this show before. Oh, right. You're going to have to get me and Rossi in here. And, uh, I've no, been trying to get Rossi it. in here for ages, but because he's in Newcastle, it's a bit tricky. So we'll have look. to do a uh, mm. phone Definitely do it over the phone or the other option is that perhaps maybe during the finals. Yes. Because, look, I'm going to say that the Knights aren't going to play finals footy this year. I think that's – unless, you know, we've got salary cap concerns (laughs) of 14 other clubs, but maybe we can get Rossi in and you guys can do a Yeah, (laughs) I'm keen to for that. Um, Oh, there we go. I I mean, yeah, I I thought I was just a tin four hat and couldn't really speak about it to to anyone, but a couple of the boys in – and at the club, uh, will hear me out and jump in the conversation. <laughs> so it's cool. Uh, like I don't know. I just, I just like the idea of questioning everything. So mm. um, when I was in France, just did a bit of research on a few things, and oh, like 9/11 sort of stuff is is uh, some of the stuff. And I don't know, Rossi and I go into into Illuminati and how they control <laughs> the world and stuff like that. Um, can I say that in in media circles? I, I might get. Oh, look, I'm not media. I'm just fine. <laughs> Don't worry. We have the independent media here. Yeah, you can cool, say whatever cool, cool. you like. Sweet. Cool. Um, <laughs> Should have told you that at the start of the yeah. show, right? <laughs> yeah, so I, I just really enjoy training. Um, I was actually training last night. Uh, that's our bye weekend, but I just really love training. And um, uh, I guess the reason for that, as a kid, I always loved Arnold Schwarzenegger and, and uh, touched on bodybuilding a bit. And um, Yeah. That, I think, is enough yeah, to yeah. keep you busy. I've, I've got a couple busy, more yeah. things in there too, but, yeah, we'll just leave it at that for now. We can touch on those later. I, I was, like, trying to explain my story before I get rattled in actually how many things I actually managed to squeeze into a week. So, no wonder the uh, hair is so it. low maintenance. Yeah, you, you need low time <laughs> to maintain it. <laughs> yeah. Well, Aloni, thank you so much for coming in and having a chat. We've had a lot of fun um, and wish you all the very best for the rest of the season. I love watching you play footy. I love watching you hang out with your kids. You're just a joy to watch. Thank you so much. This is Let's talk about cricket. And since last week's results, the Australian women's cricket team has played an additional two games, one against England on Sunday night and against India on Wednesday night. Unfortunately, the Australian team lost to England by three runs, but I wanted to mention one of my favourites, Kristen Beam. So in a game where Australia gave away 32 extras, Kristen was the only bowler not to concede a wide and ended up with figures of two for 44. I also wanted to congratulate Alex Blackwell out of this game who surpassed 5,000 runs in international cricket and only two other Southern stars have reached such a milestone at the point that she played this game, being Belinda Clark and Karen Rolton. In our game against India, though, it was far more positive and we won by eight wickets. Uh, Meg Lanning was absolutely outstanding and ended up unbeaten on 76. And for the second game in a row, a Southern star reached a major milestone and Meg Lanning also scored her 5,000th international run. Our next game is against South Africa tonight. And while we're guaranteed a spot in the semifinals, I would really like to see Australia finish at the top of the ladder. Let's talk football and Westfield Matilda striker Sam Kerr has become the all-time leading scorer in America's National Women's Soccer League after an incredible hat-trick for the Sky Blue FC over the weekend. So that took her to 34 goals and moved her ahead of Jessica McDonald who is on 33 goals and Kim Little on 32 goals. Also on football, I wanted to talk about this guy called Matt Walker who's a 40-year-old statistician at the Ministry of Justice. 
and he's taken a year off work to set off on a journey with the aim of watching 55 matches in all 55 UEFA nations in one season. Being an analyst, he spent off some time hammering all the statistics into a spreadsheet to see whether it was possible, and apparently it is. So he's already been to Georgia, and he's off to the Island Islands on Thursday, which is the only Swedish-speaking region of Finland, and we'll see whether he can reach his goal of 55 games in 55 different places. I also wanted to shout out to Simone Biles. She posted a picture of herself on holidays a couple of days ago, and someone commented, seems like you've partied nonstop for a year. Hashtag trash, hashtag unfollow, hashtag sucky ass role model. Simone Biles is an epic boss woman and replied with, talk to me when you train for 14 years and earn five Olympic medals. I think kids would say, otherwise my year off is well-deserved. Take a couple of seats. In case anyone needed a reminder, Biles began training as a gymnast in 2003 at six years old. She took home four gold medals and one bronze medal at Rio and is basically an epic boss woman. Someone that's not an epic boss woman but is still an epic boss is Andy Murray, who had a fantastic press conference this week. So Murray had just lost to Sam Querrey in the quarterfinals at the All England Club and someone asked him and referred to Sam Querrey as the first US player to reach a major semi-final since 2009. And Murray had to point out several times that Querrey was only the first male player to reach such a milestone with women like Serena Williams and Venus Williams around in tennis circles. Andy Murray has been very outspoken about women in sport and I just wanted to congratulate him because it's not often that we see male athletes so focused on correcting journalists when they do the wrong thing. So well done, Andy Murray. Not an epic boss woman, but an epic boss. Well, there's a big, big sound from the west of the town. It's the sound of the mighty giants. Feel the ground is shaking. The other teams are quaking in their boots before the giants. Time for me to get out of the studio because even though it's a really big rugby league weekend, the Sydney Swans are playing the GWS Giants tonight. Ooh. sally Ann, we are enemies, are we not, for that game? We are. We are. I'm a Swanies supporter through and through, but I, being from Western Sydney and a supporter of all things Western Sydney, I love GWS as well. I have a, a soft spot for them. So. I'll take that because yeah. I was about to start trying to convince you, but do you know no. what? I'm comfortable with that. I'm no. completely comfortable if you've got a soft spot. That's yes. okay. I think yes. it's going to be a cracking game. It's going to be a great game. Thank you so much for coming in. It's Thank been great. Thank you for having me. No, that's all right. You are welcome in the studio anytime. I'll take you up on that. Good. I hope you do. <laughs> Aloni, thank you also for coming in. We had a lot of fun with you this morning. Thank you so much. <laughs> so you had a really big pause there. I was like, did you not have a good time? I had, I had, I had such a great time. Thank you so much for having me. Sorry, um, I thought you were going to ask me a longer question. Than that. Well, ask me about <laughs> I which, did uh, tend to ask which the Swans are going to win. Or do you think they're going to win? Say no. Um, I've got a soft spot. Oh, I love the Swans. The Swans, uh, my old man actually works at the car park and the boys always look after my old man. Um, oh, that's lovely. That's awesome. uh, yeah, he's best mates for all the boys there. So um, I've, got, I've got a massive soft spot for him. But um, I mean, I honestly haven't followed much AFL this year, but I heard the GWS are, are killing it. So you heard right. How good's that? <laughs> you heard right. I, I know. I just love the I love the story. So um, no, I hope they. I, I'd love to see those two battle it, duke it out in the in the grand final. So yeah, I think Melbourne grand final. How good? I think Melbourne would explode yeah. if that happened. Like I think it would literally <laughs> self combust <laughs> yes. if that happened. But yeah, bring it on. Look, bring I could on. deal with that. I mm. think. Oh yeah. All right, I'm going to get you both out of here. I'm going to get me down to Spotless Stadium to watch that game. I hope you all have a wonderful weekend. Thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to Mary Kay from Ladies Who League. Turn your porch lights off because we're coming home with the trophy. Last play. Bremner goes down the short side, turns it away to Karina Brown. She puts it on the foot. That's taken the hand of Fiso. Brown hustling up. She's dived on the ball. You're listening to Ladies Who Leave.